tell you, it's a thrill to be here today. My wife and I, two weeks ago last Saturday, well, no, Sunday, two weeks ago Sunday morning, crossed the border in North Portal, North Dakota, and were granted our permanent resident status. Wow. We're here, and we're legal. <laughs> And I, I do have to return one more time to Canada, have a little medical procedure taken care of in, in August. But once we get back in August, folks, uh, we're at home here. We are at home here. And I tell you, this is, uh, I'm just so impressed with the, with the service, that, you know, the, the focus on family that we have here this morning. What a great family atmosphere to see these uh, baptisms take place. And, and it reminded me of my baptism I got baptized uh, many, many years ago in a lake in northern Saskatchewan. Now, I came in here this morning, and I stuck my finger in the water. I checked the water to see what it was like and made sure everything was good. But I got, I got baptized in the fall in northern Saskatchewan when, the, when the, there's really, you know, the ice clears from the lake for maybe a month and a half during the year. And so I can tell you that lake was cold. And I felt like I was being held under for five minutes. <laughs> but what a great testimony for these people that were baptized today. Aren't you glad that they are living for Jesus this morning? Yeah. Man, we're on a journey, aren't we? We're all on that journey together. We're on that journey together. And, uh, you know, thinking of journeys, my wife and I, we made a, that 2,400-mile trip down here, pulling a 20, uh, in a 26-foot U-Haul with a 12-foot trailer. We are on a road trip. Any, any of you kids been on a road trip this year, hey? You've been on a road trip, hey? I know Pastor Luke and, and, and Belinda and their family are on a road trip. What's one of the things that you heard your kids say, Pastor Luke? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Yeah. Oh, boy. You know, we brought our daughter down with us. She's 31 years old. And, and we thought, you know, she wanted to come for the road trip. But after about six hours, it's like, are we there yet? <laughs> oh, honey, we got, we got a couple more days to go, not just hours. But we're all on this journey of life, and we can all ask that same question, are we there yet? Amen? Amen. Now, we can forgive the kids for asking those questions when we're on a road trip, but I think as adults, we're just as guilty in this road trip called life that we can sometimes ask God, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, the truth is, when it comes to our relationship with God, we're just as guilty as shouting, are we there yet? Because someday we want to arrive. Someday we want to think that we've got it. We've got to that place. And I look at these people that were baptized today and they're making the confession of their faith of their personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's really the destination that we want to drive home today. If there's one thing that I want you to leave here this morning with is the hope that you have in Jesus Christ. The hope that your life can be changed. The hope that your life can be transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, last week... Pastor Ron preached a tremendous message of this woman with the issue of blood from Mark chapter 5. And she had this personal relationship. She heard about Jesus. Then she said, in her, said to herself, if I can only but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. And so she acted on what she said. She had that person. She allowed him to touch her. And because she allowed him to touch her, she reached out in faith. She reached out in faith to touch him. And she received her healing. We might say that she was there. But I want to ask you this morning, are you there yet? Are we there yet? 
You might think she's there. Maybe you're not there yet, but I want, to just, I want you to tell you this morning, don't despair. Do not despair because we have hope. I want to encourage you this morning. The one thing that you can take today, that you take home with you today, children, adults, all of us, we have hope. We can get there. Amen? We can get there. I'm going to give you a little backstory here. I'm going to be reading from Mark chapter 9, the gospel of Mark chapter 9, verses 22 through 24. I want to talk about the, the father who brought his son to Jesus. See, he had heard about Jesus too. He had heard about Jesus, and, and this father had brought his son seeking the Lord. He, had, he was seeking Jesus to have his son healed and delivered and set free. And Jesus had gone up on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's what we refer to as the Mount of Transfiguration. He had taken Peter, James, and John up on the mountain with him. And the rest of the disciples were at the base of the mountain. There was a crowd had gathered while they were away. There were scribes there. There was the disciples there. There was a crowd that had gathered. And this father had brought his son. And he had brought his son. And the disciples had been trying to bring deliverance and healing to this young child. While Jesus and Peter, James, and John are on the Mount of Transfiguration. Well, you know, you know the story. What, what happened is that the, the, the uh, father and the son, they end up into it. They're having a conversation. They're into a little bit of a dispute because these disciples that were left behind, they, they were unable to, to have this son delivered. They're unable to get this kid set free. And Jesus comes down the mountain, and that's where we're going to pick up the story here. Jesus has come down from the mountain with Peter, James, and John, and he sees what's going on. And in Mark chapter 9, uh, he's he gets into this conversation with the Father, and he, he wants to know what's going on. What, what are you talking to them about, he asks the scribes. And the Father speaks up. The Father speaks up from the crowd, and he tells Jesus about what's happened to his son, what's happening to him since he was a very young child, since birth. And we'll pick it up in verse 22 of Mark chapter 9. It says, And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Have any of you been there? You might be crying out, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Amen. See, there's such a contrast between the woman with the issue of blood who had heard about Jesus and said to herself, because she had allowed him to touch her, because she had allowed him to, to, to come and be that personal Lord and Savior to her, she said, I, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made well. That was a confession of her faith. A, a, an outward expression of the personal relationship that had taken place, the transformation that had taken place in her heart. But here is, is this father. He has also heard about Jesus. But his confession is, well, if you can do anything. If you can do anything. Then please have compassion and help us. And see, in our heart's desire here, a Golden Triangle Church on the Rock, is not that you just not only hear about Jesus, but that you take that step and you walk into that personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, with the Creator of all heaven and earth, the sea and all their sources, the one who lived and died and gave himself for you, that you might be saved and set free. 
He longs to have a personal, intimate relationship with you. Just like that woman with the issue of blood who reached out and said, if I can just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. He wants, you, he wants to take you from that place of if you can do anything to knowing him personally, to knowing him personally. Are we there yet? I believe many of us are, but there may be some here who aren't there yet. Maybe you're here and you've heard about Jesus, but you need to take that step. Take that step into a personal relationship with him. Well, you know, you're asked that question, are, are, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we, are, are we there yet? And, and as a dad, I've had that question asked of me. And sometimes my reply would be, well, we're almost there. Five more minutes. My kids soon learned that five minutes could mean anywhere from five minutes to an hour and a half, right? But almost there. How many of you would, would say that, you know, almost there? I mean, you're getting pretty close. You're getting pretty close. You're almost there. You're almost there. Are we there yet? Well, we're almost there. You see, this father was almost there. He had heard about Jesus, and he pleads with Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. But you see, it's not this personal thing. He's still not at this personal place where he's ready to just give it all and, and as, as, has his heart and his faith set on Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. See, the, Daniel 11 and verse 32 says, the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And this word know isn't just knowing about Jesus, isn't just knowing about God, isn't just knowing about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. But it's a personal knowledge, of experiential knowledge of knowing Him personally. The people who know their God, who have a personal relationship with the Father, will be strong and carry out great exploits. And so... He says to Jesus, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And I'm amazed that at this moment at this, of the story that, you know, Peter is able to keep quiet. Now, I told you as we began that Jesus had taken Peter, James, and John up on the mountain of transfiguration. It was there on that mount that if you go back in Mark chapter 9, you can read the account of Jesus being transfigured before them. They were up on the mountain and, and the, the glory of God was upon Jesus. And his, it says that he, he was changed. He was transformed before them. And the glory of God was upon him and his clothes became white and, and shining and bright. And, and uh, Peter and James and John are there and they're witness to this as Elijah and Moses appear and began to have this conversation with Jesus. I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Can you imagine being there on that mountain having that experience, having that, seeing that before you? Can you imagine what it would have been like? And Peter, you, I mean, you know Peter. I mean, he, he gets kind of a bad rap sometimes. But, you know, Peter, he's seeing this and he's, and he's, he's, he's trying to take it all in. And so he blurts out, you know, oh, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles, you know, one for you, one for Elijah, one for Moses. And, and then this, it says that this cloud comes over them, overshadows them. And out from this cloud, they hear the audible voice of God. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased Hear him. And I can just imagine the awesome presence of God that falls on that place. And Peter, James, and John, their, their faith goes, you know, if they had a thermometer, their faith would go from here whew, right up to here. Remember, these are the guys that in crossing 
the Sea of Galilee, when Jesus calmed the storm, when he rebuked the wind and the waves, they, they said among themselves, who can this be? Did even the wind and the waves obey him? And then they have this tremendous experience on the Mount of Transfiguration where Jesus is transformed before them. They hear the audible voice of God. Man, their faith must have been just pumping up here. You know, they're ready to conquer the world as they come down that mountain. And yet we're told in Mark chapter 9 that Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone about that experience, not to tell anyone what they had seen or heard until after he was resurrected from the dead. See, as now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things that they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Jesus knew what was going to take place at the base of that mountain. He knew what was going to take place at the base of that mountain. Oh, Peter, James, and John, they could have given a tremendous testimony to this father. They could have told him, you know, I can imagine Peter saying, you, you said, if you can do anything, if you, are you serious? You said, if you can, do you know who you're talking to? Let me tell you what I just saw. Let me tell you what I just heard. Let me tell you about the, this man that I went up on the mountain with. See, Peter and James and John, they could have given a tremendous testimony of what they had just seen and what they had just heard. And I thank God for testimonies. I thank God for what he's doing in our lives. But Jesus had commanded them not to say anything to this father because he wanted this father's faith to be not in their experience, but in the personal encounter with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that was about to take place. He wanted this father to have a personal experience with him. It wasn't about second-hand faith. You know, when I, when I say second-hand faith, you know what I'm talking about? You, you remember the story in Acts about those seven sons of Sceva who tried to exercise demons out of a man in, in the name of whom of Jesus, of whom Paul preaches? Well, how did that turn out for them? Hey, how did that turn out for them? You know, you read the story, it says that he beat them up and they ran out of that house wounded and naked. Now, I don't, I don't say naked very good in Texan, do I, Miss Brenda? Shout, shout it out. Naked. 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 <laughs> they ran out of that house wounded and naked. <laughs> Why? Because they didn't have a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. They had heard about Jesus. They were, they were, you know, were they there yet? No, they were almost there. But they needed to take that step into a personal relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, the principle here is that Jesus wanted this father to own his faith through a personal encounter with him, not someone else's experience. See, he, he says, if you can do anything, if you can do anything, Please have compassion and help us. And Jesus hands it right back to him. I love this. Jesus hands it right back to him. If you can believe, he says, all things are possible to him who believes. Church, I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is still saying that to us today. All things are possible to him who believes. Amen? All things are possible to him who believes. For the children, for the Young teenagers, for the adults, for the seniors, I want to tell you this morning, all things are possible to him who believes. Amen? 
He, he's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the creator of all heaven and earth, the sea, and all their sources. You see, we have the advantage. We have the word of God, what we call the canon of scripture. You know, it was told in Romans that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we can get into the word of God and we can study the word of God. We can get this word of God in, deep into our hearts, deep into our spirit. It's, it's like, you know, I, I thank God that we can memorize the word of God, but there's nothing that takes the place of getting back into it and studying the word of God and letting it take deep root in your heart and in your spirit and transforming your life. But here, in this instance, the living word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It says in verse 14 of John chapter 1, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The living word stood before this Father and he declared to him, if you can believe all Things are possible. And church, that's what I want to declare to you today. There is hope. Are we there yet? Some of us may be there. Some of us may be almost there. But for those of you who are searching, I want to tell you there is hope today in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is the living God who hears and answers prayer. There is no other God besides our God. Amen? There is no other God besides the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. He is our God. He is our God. And He's revealed Himself to us through His Son, the begotten Son of the Father, full of grace and truth, Jesus Christ. He's our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. Amen? He stands before this Father. He stands before you today. He's Jehovah Jireh to you. He wants to be Jehovah Jireh to you. He wants to be your provider. He wants to have an intimate, personal relationship with you. He wants you to call upon Him. He says to you, if you can believe, all things are possible through Him who believes. You see, He's no respecter of persons. What He's done for others, He will do for you. Amen? He wants to be Jehovah Rapha to you, your healer. He wants to set you free from sickness, disease, and infirmity. He, what he's done for others, he will do for you. I thank God for great testimonies. I thank God for what he's done. But I know that he'll also do that for me too. He wants to be your Jehovah Shema. The Lord is there. Your very present help in time of trouble. Who do you call upon? when you're? Who do you call upon? Hey, it's good to have great friends. It's good to have great acquaintances. It's good to have a family. I thank God for the family of God. I thank God for the church family. But that doesn't take the place of personal, intimate relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's Jehovah Shalom, your peace. He's the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. He's Jehovah Roha, your good shepherd, who leads you in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake, for his name's sake. Amen. He's Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. He is our righteousness. Amen. And we can become righteous in him. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Are we there yet? Well, we might be almost there. You see, he's Jehovah Rohi, our good shepherd, who leads us in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And then he's Jehovah Nisi, our banner. We'll lift him up. We'll praise him. We'll give him glory. Amen. For he is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the creator of all heaven and earth, the sea, and all their sources. And he wants to have intimate, personal... I know it might be hard for us to comprehend with our natural mind, but he wants to have intimate, personal relationship with you. He longs and he desires to have intimate, personal relationship with you. And so just as he stood before this father, the Lord says to us today, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. See, these, these folks that got baptized this morning, it wasn't because of someone else's experience. 
They've walked into a personal experience. They've invited Jesus Christ to be their Lord and Savior. They believe that he was, lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for their sins. He was risen from the dead the third day. He took the place for them on that cross. And they've invited him to be their Lord and Savior, their personal Lord and Savior. They want to live for him. And this baptism is a public confession of that faith in Christ. Amen. That's a public confession of their faith in him. See, Jesus wants that with us. All things are possible to him who believes. He wants, just as he wanted his father to own his faith through a personal encounter with him, he calls each and every one of us to that place. Are we there yet? Or are we almost there? I challenge you to do a personal invitation, a personal study of your heart. And, and you know, as Pastor Ron gave the invitation at the first service, we'll give an invitation for you today as well in the second service. Because you're in a place where you're loved. You're in the house of God where you're loved and accepted and forgiven and it would be a shame for you to walk out those doors without personally knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if we would do an inventory of our hearts, if we would do an inventory and say, well, where are we on this road of life? Where are we on this journey? Are we there yet or, or are we almost there? Because there's no almost saved, almost born again. There's no almost getting into heaven. You're either there or you're not. You're either there or you're not. See, Jesus didn't die on the cross so you could almost get saved. He died to take your sin away. The sin issue has been dealt with. But will you believe and will you receive what he has already done? See, all things are possible to him who believes. And you might think, well, Pastor Casey, you don't know where I've been. You don't know where I've done. You don't know... Maybe I don't know, but I know that God does. But when he looks at you, he looks through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that washes all your sin away. It washes all your sin away. And if you will but bow before his throne and submit yourself to the Lordship of Christ and receive him as your Lord and Savior, that sin can be washed away just like it's... When you're, when you're, that's what they we're talking about when you're going down under the water. That past life is dead and buried. You're raised up into a new life in Christ. All things are possible to him who believes. Whatever your need is, this father came with a great need for his child to be delivered. Whatever your need is today, I want to tell you all things are possible to him who believes. Jeremiah said, Oh Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. Do you believe that this morning? We serve a God who can do all things. A God who can do all things. There is nothing too hard for him. Can you see it? Your God is able. Our God is able. There's nothing too hard. There's nothing too difficult. There's nothing that he cannot do. He's the creator of all heaven and earth, the sea and all their sources. He's, the, the, he's this unstoppable God that we sang about during our worship service. He can do all things and he will do all. He'll move heaven and earth. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest miracle that can take place is the miracle of a reborn heart, a reborn spirit. 
being saved. See, you can get there. You can get there. There is hope. Are we there yet? Well, we'll be almost there. But I'll tell you, you can get there. There is hope. Can you see it? On our journey down here in the U-Haul, we had the GPS and we had the map and we had... And I wonder sometimes, how do we ever get anywhere without GPS 20 years ago? How did we ever get anywhere with just these old maps folded up? But my wife, she's the navigator. She's the navigator. And, and, and we'd be looking for a spot. We'd, we'd be trying to find a place to pull in for gas with this truck. And you want to be careful when you're driving a big unit because you, you don't want to just get into somewhere. You've got to know you've got to get out of there too, right? So you want to know that when, when you pull in, you're, you're, you're ready to get out and you've got a way to get out and stuff. And so we're looking for this, these places as we're going into these towns. We're going through Minot and North Dakota, Mitchell, South Dakota. We're going through Guthrie, Oklahoma and Oklahoma City and, you know, all these different cities and stuff. And, and she'll say, you know, it's right up there. Can you see it? Can you see it? Can you see it? And she's, she knows what she's looking for, and she's got it planned out with the GPS and the map. And she's asking me, can you see it? It's right over there on your left. But she's pointing to the right. Yeah. Oh, no. And so I got to this place. Is it, is it my left, or is, is it true left, or is it your left? Is it my right? And sometimes we think, you know, you know, others can see it, and we can't see it ourselves. But I'll tell you today that Jesus sees, he knows exactly where you are. Amen. He knows exactly what you're going through in life. He knows exactly what you need to do. And he reaches out to you with those nail-scarred hands to whosoever will come and partake of this invitation. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? See, he sees all, and he knows all. See, immediately the father, the child cried out and said, Lord, said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And the Lord reached out and touched his child and healed him, delivered him, set him free. The Lord loves you enough to do the same. He won't leave you in the state you're in. He longs to have that personal, intimate relationship with you.